You're listening to the Military Working Mom Podcast with Drea Jones. Episode 12, The Balancing Act of Dual Military Life. Welcome back to the podcast. So this is Drea Jones, and because now we're reaching a new normal with COVID in our lives, I'm going to get back onto schedule. So what that means is every couple of weeks, we're going to focus on a particular topic. So the next couple of weeks is going to be all about your spouse and family life. And in this episode, you know, I'm going to be honest, when I record and edit episodes, I end up listening to each episode about five to eight times. And this one, no matter how much I listen to it, it pulls on my heartstrings every time because I can totally relate as a dual military couple in the decisions that we have to make. So I really hope you enjoy it. Now let's get started. Hi ladies, today we have a wonderful guest, Catherine Minera of the U.S. Army, and she's going to talk about a little bit of her story from a dual military point of view, because it does bring a little uniqueness when you're dual mil, because you have two careers that you just can't get up and quit when someone needs to move. You have to juggle the balance of where can I go next with you? Who's going to take a back seat? How are we going to take care of our kids if we're both gone? And she is no stranger to any of these questions. So you're going to hear from her on her whole life view, and how she continued to connect with her kids while she was away during times. She is no stranger to deployments as she's done two nine months and five short term, and her kids are still pretty little. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good and excited for you to share your story. So tell us your story and uh, how your life has gone from there as an aviator. Um, So I ended up finding out I was pregnant during nights in flight school. So the last, the last hurrah at flight school, I found out I was actually two months pregnant. So I went to my first unit pregnant. And so as an aviator, you know, back then, 10 years ago, you could fly up to a certain point and do simulator stuff. So my husband is also an aviator. So we went to our first duty station. And my first train of thought is as a young about to be mother was, oh my goodness, what are they going to allow me to do when I show up to the unit and I'm already pregnant? I've had tons of friends try to navigate their career uh, through being a mom, and that's super hard. So I knew we were going to show up to this unit, and I knew we were going to deploy within a year of us showing up. Um, we were on the patch chart. That was something that was already discussed with us at the course. Like, listen, these are the units. If you want to get experience right away, this is probably where you want to go. And it just worked out. So my son was born in February and we deployed literally six months to the day he was born. So yeah, so I came back from my maternity leave and got integrated with a unit that I knew to an extent. I didn't get to go on any of the training events or to JRTC with them because I was pregnant and I deployed right away. And I got lucky to the point where they put me in a flying company. So, and I was around a lot of men who were young fathers as well. Um, so that was a huge help for me. And I had a commander who was a father of young children. So the camaraderie and the friendship that I developed there was amazing. But yeah, the lead up, I had no idea. What do you do with a six month old? We have great parents. I have great parents. Um, so is my husband, but we decided to make my parents the primaries for our family care plan. And that's a whole lot of added stress we can talk about later if you want. But we packed my son up in a Honda Odyssey, packed to the brim of things that we thought he would need for the next nine months. And 
I took a lot of advice from senior female mentors about things to do. So we got a lot of recordable books. That way my son could hear our voices. I don't know if you've ever heard of fat head stickers, but they're like these, yeah, you can send pictures to these, this company and they'll essentially take a picture of you guys and you can put it up on the wall. So my mom had this great idea to get a picture of us in uniform, which we had taken, which is one of the ones that I've provided of us with our son in uniform so that when we came home, he would know what we looked like in uniform, mommy and daddy, which actually helped. And you guys, I'm, I, I'm a military brat. If you went off of time of where I'm from, it would be from Korea. And we spent many tours in Korea with both of my parents being in the military. But the technology difference between when I was a child to what my son had was amazing. FaceTiming every once in a while. Now, granted, it's changed a whole lot since I've had my daughter. But the first nine months was hard. A lot of FaceTiming. He was nine months. He doesn't want to talk. He, he doesn't understand. I missed first steps. I missed first words. I missed first birthday. So that, that was hard, but coming home was so rewarding because he was there and he was able to walk and he recognized us. So one of the other photos that I provided you was my husband actually came home a week before I did and got his own welcome home ceremony with our son and my, his family and my family. And then I came back a week later and I got my own. So it was, it was special. Um, we got to capture those moments and that was back into the grind. So we got home to an 18-month-old who was in school, who knew words, who had an attitude, who was trying to get into a routine at the same time we were trying to get into a routine. One of the things I'm very thankful for that a friend gave me advice on was making sure that I set up a daycare before I left. I had a different scenario. So my kid wasn't already in a daycare. I was fortunate enough to be home. And then we had a friend that watched him until we deployed. But before I left, we shopped daycares where we wanted our son to be to learn. And we knew that when we got back, he would be 18 months. So I was able to set that up and give them all the paperwork they would need and have him on a list and then reach out to them via email and a phone call before I came home. Like, hey, listen, this is, this is when we're really going to be home. This is when my son Mateo um, will be, be ready to start. And that was a huge help. We had tons of friends that didn't do that. So that's one of the biggest things I could give advice for is just set yourself up for success before you get home, if you can. I know that's probably harder if you're doing a CDC on post situation, but then again, it might not be because they're, they're so familiar with the situation. But we opted to go off post instead of on post. Being two officers, I mean, you're capped at the top for how much a CDC will charge you. So fast forward. My husband got accepted to go into 160th SOAR, uh, so we were accelerated into our captain's career course that you have to go through. So we PCS'd almost immediately after returning from a deployment um, as very young captains, and we were able to spend tons of time with him. So all these schools and PMEs, all those professional military schools, like, take advantage of the time with your kids when you can. A lot of people just get so in depth with their training there that they just forget that. So luckily a lot of our PMEs are in decent locations so you can go and spend time with your family. Then we got pregnant. That was another good place to get pregnant as a woman, right? You're not deploying, you're not doing a bunch of crazy training um, and trying to you know, be the best you can be. And uh, we got pregnant with our daughter while I was there. So again, I'm showing up to a new unit, pregnant. 
another horror story as a captain. So you're supposed to go into command right away. That didn't happen, but it worked out. I went into a, you know, kind of like a broadening job for myself and got to spend tons of time. So my situation is different. I'm not the sole military person. Um, so dual military is super strong. You have to be super strong, I think, to make it work. So we had our daughter when we moved here. And then I went on another deployment. Um, it was six months this time, not nine. I went later because I was pregnant. But that's that's a, uh, a decision that I made. I wanted to get integrated back into flying. I wanted to get integrated back into the unit. That's a conversation that my husband and I had. He was in a position in his training with 160th to where he could take a knee, essentially not have to worry about super stress and deploying because he wasn't training. And my parents were here. And so they, between my mom, my dad, and, and my husband, we were able to make things work while I was gone. I want to say that was the hardest deployment for me was the six months. And I say that because my husband was here. And before on that first deployment, we were gone together. So we weren't, we were missing things together. So I took advice of many people and I, I got a cloud pet. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of that. So it's a, um, it's essentially like a plush toy, but it's paw has this little light that lights up when there's a message. So the person on the receiving end has to have Bluetooth hooked up to this toy. Um, and it's essentially like a long range walkie talkie. My daughter was too young to get into it, but my son loved it, so it sat on his bed, and I could send the animal a message, and it would ping off of my husband's Bluetooth on the app that he had, and it would send it to the toy. And so my son and I were having these private, like private, personal, loving conversations, which I hadn't had before because, you know, on FaceTime, mom or dad is holding the phone, following the kid around. So it wasn't ever like this personal thing. Um, so my son and I talked for the duration of the six months to this cloud pet and he loved it. My daughter has since started using it. So we've actually got her her own, but yeah, I would, it sat on his bed and we talked through that. Um, I also suggest depending on where you're deployed, if you have decent Wi-Fi, you can get one of those cool lamps that you can touch and it lights up the other person's lamp across the world. It's another one of those Bluetooth things that I didn't know about, but we use one of those now. So fast forward, I got home and goodness gracious, I have so much respect for, I, I hate to say this, but like we as women in the military were different. We appreciate, if you're dual military, our, our spouses. I think it's interesting to me to be really close friends with women who work in the civilian workforce and their husbands come home and they have dedicated their time to their kids and their family and the, the taxing of them around and creating that new norm and that pretty much like it's just a habit, right? It's a lifestyle. You've created this new norm and then your spouse comes home and they wreck it all and they don't wreck it on purpose. They just, it's, they want to get integrated back, but Hey, I've got my routine. Don't screw it up. You know, like I have my flow. You're breaking my flow. We don't eat breakfast that way. And I was that person for my husband for a very long time. Even if we were dual military, I, I kept the flow going. I was the one that left work early if the kids were sick. So he got to see that. And our marriage just like it blossomed. I think because I got to see what he went through coming back and reintegrating because he had a couple short term deployments, like 30, 45 days before I left on that deployment, but which I believe are worse for family, those 30, 45 day deployments. But 
yeah, reintegrating was super hard. I had no idea what was going on. What was bath time like? You know, like, did my daughter like bubble bath? What was she saying now? And luckily I got her first steps. I was here before I left after she started walking. So I got to experience the firsts, but the words and all that he got to enjoy. So I think like the hardest part of that six month was just reintegrating and coming back and sharing those moments. So for that second one, how young were your kids? Cause it seems like you left right after you got, you know, after you gave birth. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Mateo was three. Um, he had just turned three and Mario was, I want to say she was nine months again, to be honest. Yeah. She's nine months. She took her first steps right after her nine month like day. Yeah. So my mom and my, my husband created this great relationship. They were pinging off of each other. Christmases were great. You know, they were all integrated together. It was perfect. And I was able to like take my mind off of things and focus on work and be in a position that I wanted to be and to prosper in my job, become stronger, make my reputation known. I mean, it was in the 101st. That's already like one of those gung-ho units where, you know, esprit de corps, do your best, we're the best, you know, aerosol. So when I got back from my deployment, I was at a, a point in my career where I was done with my signed up time. I was with my commitment. I was done. So I could choose to stay in and not freely on my own accord, or I could get out. And um, man, I was, it was hard for me to decide, but I decided that I, I watched my husband do great things in a great unit who cared about their family, who went the extra mile for the family. So I assessed and I, I made it into the 160th like he did and woo, the path that took us down. So talk about high-fiving all the time on a constant. So now both of us were doing those 30, 45 day deployments. And luckily they have, they follow a strict dwell time, your time at home on station. So we were fine as a household because somebody was always here but in a two-year period, I think we may have been home together in our house underneath a roof a total of a month. Oh my goodness. Um, a few years. Yeah. So my biggest advice, like you asked me about like emotional events and how, like how you emotions and struggles through that. I had to take a time out. Like the army's going to keep going. This special unit is going to keep going. They don't care about me or my husband. Like you have to be able to have the emotional fortitude to say, okay, sir or ma'am, your boss, I have to make my kids a priority. I have to make my marriage a priority. So when I saw this stuff happening, I sat down with my boss and said, okay, sir, I have two kids. They both play soccer. So now my kids are three and five. My daughter just turned four at this time that I'm talking about. And I said, listen, Tuesdays and Thursdays are important to me. So I will come in early, but I'm going to leave at five. And I don't want you to hold that against me, but those are soccer days. Those are important to me. And I want to be there for my kids. And I was lucky enough to have a boss that was like, yeah, okay. My husband did not. So he had to get through that mentally for himself. Like I am not a bad officer, leader, or soldier because I want to be around my kids and be a part of their life. So making them a priority is huge, 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 huge. But the 30 and 45 day deployments were hard. We called it far away work. Um, we've always called it mommy and daddy, you're going to far away work. They never know where we are. They're not saturated to know the news. So they don't, they don't know like, what we're doing or where we're going. They know that mommy and daddy fly like the cool helicopters. And when they see them flying overhead, they know, but 
keeping ignorance is bliss for them. And they're so young. And when they get older, I remember being that kid, like seeing my, my parents fly was huge. But, and the other thing, having a good relationship with yourself is huge. We, as I'm going to say, we as women put ourselves in this box. We have to be like our male peers and we don't, we're different, right? Like we have kids. We pause our careers and our lives. I don't care if you say we don't or we do for our kids to have a family while our spouses, whether they're civilian or in the military, they, they don't. Um, the military's gotten better to where they're allowing them to take more leave. That's awesome. But their, their career's going to still go on. So we have to always work a little bit extra, whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally to stay with our peers. And I mean, you can see it. And some of the strongest female officers that I know will, will say that too. I mean, I think that's the hardest thing to get over is understanding and looking at yourself in the mirror and know that you are just as good. You are, in my opinion, even better because you control your little army at home, but you have to find an outlet for yourself too. Like one of my mom's favorite things to do is to ask me what my hobby is. And I just want to go, it's my kids what time do I have to have a hobby? When in reality, it's working out and running, you know, I do that in the mornings, but you just have to figure out a way to cope and emotionally channel your feelings as well. Because let's be honest, there's not that many of us. There really isn't. I mean, it's great to have a Facebook page full of all these awesome women. But when you look to your left and right in your unit, depending on your job, how many are there really? Yep. And it's really those that we surround ourselves by is how we're influenced. And like you said, it really depends on the boss because the army or any service doesn't care. It's the person that's to your left and right. And those people change out. So how is that going to change your life dynamic every year? Right. On a constant. And I think being open and upfront and honest with them, I am not a bad leader because I care about my family and it, at 1700, if I'm walking out the door, it's not because I'm quitting. It's because today my family is important and I want to eat dinner with them. But you also like, we all know that we stay late too. So you just have to balance that. And that's a hard balance, but you just have to, once I put my foot down and it took me a long time, it took me a really long time to say, okay, no, my family's important. And maybe it was because my Mateo, my son was so young. It wasn't a thing, right? Like leaving, I felt super guilty. But once they got older and they could talk and tell you their emotions and what's going on at school, it's like, okay, no, let's take a time out because what I'm doing is going to impact them for the rest of their life. And it's not their fault that their mommy and daddy are in the army and they need to be a priority. Like, but I will also say to segue, you have to make your marriage a priority too, right? Like it can't just be about the kids when you're home. You can't, fully dive into just the kids and doing things just for them either. You have to feed your, your marriage. Otherwise whew, that that'll, that'll go sour too. And the kids will see it. So yeah, I think just preparing yourself for the heart, it's hard, but band together. I mean, if you're a woman in the service and you look to your left and right, I guarantee you there's another young father right there with, I remember sitting in our company area on our first deployment and talking about our kids walking. I mean, there, there are three or four of us that had kids that were just learning to walk, you know, and comparing the bruises when they hit their heads on the floor, you know, like we as women are not alone. And once you get the guys talking, they don't stop. And then that adds to you, like that adds to their perception of you. Wow, look at this, like, you know, 
completely hard driven woman who has an awesome family who can also be here and lead me. I think that's awesome too. And they won't tell you that, but some guys will like, ma'am, I can't believe, I don't know how you do it. You know, I've got a great wife at home. Like, I don't know how you do it. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel good. But at the same time, like I've had bosses who will put watching their kids on their calendar as babysitting on their outlook calendar. Yeah. So you just, those are the kind of bosses we're talking about, right? Like you have to be able to juggle that and be okay with being a mom. That's not, it's not a weakness. It's not a downfall. It shouldn't knock you down a couple pigs. It's not like, oh no, Catherine, Catherine's going to be two out of three because she's got kids and leaves early. That's, that should not be a thing. But for some people it is. And you just have to accept that. So you think we put that perception on? Cause you know, we put the guilt on ourselves, but is there a perception? Do you think from those looking in, seeing us leave early, not understanding why, did you have that perception? So I did. I did. I had that boss as a captain with two kids. My husband was on a 45 day deployment with 160th. This is when I was in 101st as a assistant S3 assistant operations officer. So it's like a whole bullpen of cubicle, it's like cubicle hell. And that's when I had to have that hard conversation. Listen, sir, you are single. You are in your late thirties. I am married. I have two kids. I'm dual military. It is not an excuse. It is my life. And I will give you the best product. I will take my computer home and work on it after. But from 1700 until 2000 at night, that's my family time. And if you want me to stay late some nights, let's, let's work out a plan. So Wednesday, we know that, that Catherine's going to stay late. I can do that. I just need predictability. You know, and I'm lucky enough to be an officer. You know, I can only imagine like the younger enlisted single moms that are out there trying to do this by themselves. They're not alone. And that's another like segue. We have to be leaders, right? And recognize that there's some young, young soldiers out there, young officers who are single mothers or in the same position we are, right? Like that have a, a civilian spouse that works their butt off in the civilian world and who doesn't have that ability. It's not a weakness. Hey, ma'am, how do you do it? Or, hey, this is how I do it. Like, just spreading the wealth. We as women don't do that well enough. We just have to have the ability to be like, okay, um, I have a problem and I need help. So who am I going to ask today? I was a pregnant as a lieutenant, um, like I told you, with my son. And I had a female, almost like promotable captain who had been married for a long time, who didn't want to have kids because she was terrified. And she was asking me, I was Lieutenant. Like I had no idea what I was doing with my life, you know, like, but she took the time to pull me aside, not in her office. Like I was in trouble, but we were out on like out doing something. And she's like, Hey, and she called me by my first name. And she's like, how, how are you doing this right now? And I looked at her like almost in tears. Like, I don't know, but we are still like the strongest friends. And she asked me for advice. Her kids are a little bit younger than mine, but this is an amazing forum. Like I am so thankful that you started this because then I will promote the heck out of it because I wish I had it. I really do. And I know if we got the word around, there's some Lieutenant colonels and majors that will listen to this and say the same thing. Oh, I wish I had had this. Yeah. So since you're dual mill and you mentioned, you know, you want to make sure you progress in your career. Uh, I always think it's funny. So me and my husband are dual mill and every assignment it's the okay, who's driving the assignment? Who's going to take a step behind and take that maybe cut in their career, right? 
you know, how was that working with you and your husband? Was there a give and take or was it just like, Hey, you can have it the whole way. So I think we did that really well until we got here to the unit I'm in now. And, um, I think we put on the perception that we got it. We have it. We're doing great, super strong, have a great family care plan. But when I got to the unit, I was a really old captain. So I'm on the majors list. So is he, we're same year group, fly the same helicopter, are going to compete with each other for a command in this unit. And when I got here, we were both told, hey, listen, Catherine's going to have to take the lead for a little bit and get her feet in the door. My husband had already been here for four years. So we already had the reputation, the paper, all the events. So I needed, I needed that. And the leadership told us together, like they took us together and sat us down. And um, I think being in this unit broke us, many other things along that line, but we were both dedicated to our kids. And I think that's why I, that's not, I think that's why I brought that up. Like you have to feed your marriage. Um, you have to have a understanding just like you said of who's going to drag that. Right. So you said you guys aren't the same, like you're not aviation either. Are you? He is, but I am not. So it helps a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, we were literally peers competing against peers and it's a shark tank already in this unit, just competing against your peers. And then you throw the marriage into the loop and oh, the fact that we were in the same unit. So there's nothing differentiating either of us. So, and also the op tempo in the world right now, um, because I was, I was current, like current events that are going on in life. I was more involved and a lot busier and doing a lot more things. Whereas when he was the same position that I am now, it was kind of slow. So I, the jealousy, the rivalry um, was very much alive and, and he, he will never admit that. And that's, that's fine. And that can be another podcast for later, but do military marriages maybe. Um, <laughs> But we were 100%, whatever waking moment we had at home together was for the kids, 100%. I mean, from trips to the beach, to Disney, to just filling up that time, but never taking a pause, like, okay, it's time to get a babysitter and go away for a weekend. We did that very well when we were younger, but we were also in different units. We weren't competing. It wasn't a constant go, go, go. So I would advise the women out there to take their husbands by like the scruff and be like, listen, I love you. And the army's going to go on or the military, whatever branch you're in. And our marriage is still going to be here when it keeps on going. It's going to drop us off at that train station. That's called getting out. And we're going to have to figure out how to navigate home. And you've got to be strong. You've got to be strong. And you have to understand that your kids are going to leave the house too. And they see all that stuff, right? Like if I hear one more time, so I'm going through a divorce. If I hear one more time, gosh, you guys were so strong. Nobody would ever guess. Yeah, I know. Cause we, we clammed it up. So again, like I said, with the women asking for help, you also have to ask those strong mentors that, you know, have a strong marriage or appear to, how do they do it? And there's not a lot of us out there. There's not a lot of dual military couples out there. Really. If you think about it, or at least within an arm's reach, right? So having the dual military Facebook page, that's been a godsend for me. And especially going through my divorce, like all the women, I just wish we talked about it more. I really do. It really upsets me. So sorry for getting a little emotional, but yeah, you look back and you just, wow, we went through all of that. And this is what, you know, this is what broke us. Ugh. Yeah. That really stinks. I never even thought about being in that same year group, being in the same category for promotion. That has got to be hard. Yeah, Especially when you everything. both want to be a careerist, it sounds like. Yeah. Aside from SEER school, we have done everything together 
for 15 years. I think the biggest thing through all of this, as a female in the military, my biggest piece of advice is don't let the military dictate when, how, or where you have a family. Do that on your own. They will work around you. And no job is too important not to. Because I'm, I'm serious, like, depending on what your job is, I mean, that's, it may not even be useful when you get out, but your kids will be, and you'll find something. People get hurt all the time and have to get out, or, you know, they get out, the army just ends, military just ends, but your family will always be there. And a lot of people forget that. A lot of people, unfortunately. Well, I think but, just like you said, and we'll, we'll wrap up here, but I assume that you'll be back on. It sounds like you have a lot to offer. And just to assist, like you said, someone needs to speak up because we're all going through it. All right. So to wrap up is you've already given so many more resources than I've even realized. And I have been deployed about, you know, the, the paw, the cloud pets and the lamp. I've never heard of those, but we will include those in the show notes. What other tips do you have for moms going through separation from just their family, not even just their kids, but separation from family in general? So two other things I'll add for the kids, for the separation and including people. My kids have loveys. Um, they have special dino. My son has a dinosaur stuffed animal that he latched onto. My daughter has like this giraffe thing. And I got minis and they went with me and I would take pictures like kind of like a flat Stanley from when we were little. But I mean, I, I set my, I set that dinosaur in the back of a jet in the freaking exhaust and took pictures. It went everywhere. My God, like my soldiers thought it was crazy, but that dinosaur has probably traveled way more places than it needs to be. But just tying in the knowns with the unknowns. I love getting mail and my family would send me tons of mail. I think the, the most fun I had was around Christmas, filling my whole wall in my chew full of all the Christmas cards and letters that I got. And my parents would just hand out my address at church and to random people. And their my mom is in this quilting thing. And I had a, a whole wall full. Like it was, it was ridiculous. And so many people want to support us. So ask for it, right? So just my parents doing that was, was awesome. Set a schedule um, is my biggest piece of advice with your, my kids now being five and eight, they don't want to talk on FaceTime every night. And you're going to feel like they don't love you because they will literally walk away from the camera. Make it a schedule. Once you get there, do it every, as often as you can. And then once you know your op tempo and I'm going to be here on a Wednesday night and here on a Sunday, okay, we'll, we will do that. We will do Wednesdays and Sundays. We will split the week. So they actually want to tell you things and you're getting something out of it and you're telling them instead of, oh, hi, bye. It just makes it a little bit more fulfilling for both both like the kids and for you. And then you're not giving your spouse like that task and chore to call you every night. Cause I mean, it, it is exhausting on being on that end. Like, okay, we got to call dad again, you know, or we're in the middle of practice, but it works for him. I think that just helps or mom. I think that just, it helps the family all around too. No. Yeah, those, cloud, those cloud pets. Those I'm, cool. I'm going to look it up and I will link that in the show notes that it's going to be a new hot trend item on Amazon. Because we're all going to buy it. So the lamp, if you're in the middle of Afghanistan or whatever nasty, smelly country you're in, the Wi-Fi may not work well enough for you. But if you're in a place like uh, Kuwait or a hard stand, or for some reason you're on a a short tour to Korea or wherever you may be, and your Wi-Fi is awesome, that's where where it's at. And you just set it. It's like one of those mood lamp things. And it'll be a color. And then I'll touch it 
here and you where you are would see whatever color. So when both of us were gone this past year, um, you, you assign a color per person. So my kids could see when dad or when mom was thinking about them, which they, they liked. It was it's a game for them. And on your end, you'll see like red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. And you know, they're screwing with the lamp. And my <laughs> boss had one on his desk. So Cool. I can picture that in an official meeting, just flickering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> a couple of times. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for just your story. It's absolutely amazing, and it's going to resonate with so many. So just thank you for being on. I appreciate you having me. See, I told you it would get to you if you can relate, because you know those decisions that we have to make with whose career is going to get put forth first with each move. How are you going to handle the kids when one or both of us are gone? And how, when doing all of that, can we maintain our relationship to keep our marriage strong? It is a challenge. So our hearts are with Catherine, and we absolutely support you in everything that you're going through. I hope more women share their stories and can take away from this one that you're not alone and we're right here with you. So all the awesome gadgets that Catherine mentioned that you can use when you're TDY or deployed or anything will be in the episode notes and all that can be found at themilitaryworkingmom.com slash episode 012. And don't forget, if you like this podcast, go ahead and hit subscribe on whatever method you're listening to as that helps us reach more moms as it'll start ranking in the top of its category. And in addition, if you haven't subscribed to our email list yet, while you're looking at the episode notes on our website, you can just click subscribe and you'll get all the episodes and courses that we offer first before anyone else. Thanks for listening this week. Stay tuned next week for the amazing Rachel Ballard with How to Like Your Husband. Thank you for listening to the Military Working Mom podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe and leave a review to help us reach more military moms just like you. And then to save time and receive posts as soon as they come out, join our email list at www.themilitaryworkingmom.com and follow the Military Working Mom on Facebook to join our community of women as we discuss topics, ask questions, and share stories in a safe, judge-free environment. We are here to provide you with answers you need. Don't forget to join us next week as we continue to help you navigate your mom, wife, and military life.